Welcome to It's Who I Am, the podcast, where we celebrate the unique life experiences that make us who we are. We're your hosts, Hannah and Rachel Vasicek, and every fortnight we'll be bringing to you a dose of inspiration and storytelling. Interviewing women across Australia and abroad who vulnerably and candidly share the depths of who they are. This podcast is brought to you by Francesca Jewellery. On today's episode of She Did It Too, we chat all things fashion and life-defining moments with Desiree Durabi, founder of SWF Boutique. SWF is a leading women's fashion line that exudes creativity and femininity. So many of us feel like we're stuck in our day-to-day grind, meeting society's standards of what life should look like. But how often do we reflect and check in with ourselves to ensure our life path is fulfilling? With a heck of a lot of courage and a no plan B attitude, Desiree left a life of podiatry behind when she made the big move from Melbourne to Bali. With little to no knowledge of starting a business behind her, Desiree leaned on her deep desire to immerse herself in the fashion industry. We are so excited to share with you Desiree's incredible attitude towards life and how she turned her passion into a flourishing global business. Welcome Desiree to It's Who I Am, the podcast. We're so excited to talk to you today, all things SWF Boutique and Life in Bali. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me and congratulations on your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so for our listeners, Desiree is in Bali at the moment. How is that over there for you? Look, we're pretty lucky over here um, with what's happening in the current climate. Um, we do have a lot of freedom and, yeah, we are quite um, quite lucky to be in Bali at this time. Yeah, I would love to be in Bali right now. Full <laughs> <laughs> side. Exactly. Um, I mm. guess a little bit for our listeners, SWF um, is an amazing fashion label. We actually wore your pieces um, to our endometriosis luncheon in March just before COVID hit. I think it was yeah. kind of in the early stages. Seriously amazing. But Rachel and I were just talking, what does SWF stand for? Look, it it came about, it had kind of like this doesn't mean anything but then we just developed it into like Sunday Wednesday Friday or um, spring winter fall or you know it can kind of mean anything to anyone it's for every occasion and it's for every kind of person so it it didn't really have a name as such but we just yeah we liked it and and then adapted a meaning Molded it. Yeah, I wish there was. Yeah, I wish there was a better story to that one. But no, but it, a, you know? it literally <laughs> is. It literally is so catchy, and it's funny. Our second podcast um, was on Samantha Wills, and I remember yeah. Samantha Wills wore your stuff like so much, and I was like, "Get out!" Not she started. Only, yeah. I was like, "She has started a fashion label," and then I stopped <laughs> a little bit and found you, and then yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's so funny. So just before we sort of go into a few of your life defining moments what is mm-hmm. swf to you you know like um what do, how would you describe your clothes and everything like that yeah well i wanted to make a brand that was um you know aesthetically pleasing yet um it was aspirational yet attainable so it was a brand where you could you know mix it with um lower pieces in your wardrobe or higher end pieces in your wardrobe and you know, and it still had a bit of edge, transseasonal, wear it from day to night, something really versatile and for every woman and every body shape. Yeah, I absolutely love, love, love the pieces and your um, the patterns of the fabric 
Do you guys create that? They are signature prints. So, yeah, they. I have to say that's not my favourite thing to do. Ah, <laughs> um, maybe it's yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's, I mean, you know, also it's your aesthetic. So it's like you might like something, but, you know, someone else might not. So it's, it is... Um, it, it definitely is one of those challenging um, things in the job for me, the prints. Um, but, yeah, I do get there. And, yeah, they are signature, so you won't find them anywhere else. That's incredible. They're like wearable artworks. Do you have a big team over in Bali? We have. Um, we're, um, I would call us a medium-sized business. So it's grown organically over the years. And um, uh, I have my own factory, so we have about a team of, I would say, six in-house sewers and then um, all other staff, probably another 10, about 16 all up. And then um, we do, for some staff members that wanted to work with us but perhaps had children or couldn't come to the factory and work during the day, we do give them freelance um, jobs to keep them busy. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So I know that you started in podiatry, which is such a yes. huge contrast to fashion design. <laughs> How did that all come about? So did you um, um, study straight away after school? I did. I guess at school I was kind of into science and maths because that's just, I don't know, I just wasn't exposed to the creative outlets which you know I think are available now I mean we had like art and studio art and then that was kind of it um and so then I was like okay well I'm good at science and I'm good at math so that just seems like the natural progression for me um and I ended up doing a bachelor of science at Monash in Melbourne first and I majored in anatomy and physiology and I still didn't know what I wanted to do after that. <laughs> and then I was like, well, podiatry kind of sounds okay, so let me try that. And then I did podiatry and finished that and worked in the field for seven years. And then, um, yeah, and then had a little trip to Bali with a few girlfriends, which I'd never been before. I was here for about five days. And I just thought, yeah, I could live here. This, you know, this lifestyle is amazing and I'm not really happy in Melbourne and I feel like I need a change and, you know, this nine to five can't be my life forever. I just, you know, I wanted a bit more of a challenge and something different and I had no idea what I was going to do when I came. I met a bunch of creatives once I was here and I was like, oh, someone's got a swimwear label, someone's got a t-shirt label, I don't know, someone's got a jewellery label. And I was like, oh, can do this like obviously being very naive (laughs) I can do this they're doing it so why can't I you know so then I just started this label not knowing one thing about the industry not one so previous to that I had dabbled in styling and visual merchandising but I had definitely never made clothing so you know I, I did know I wanted that creative uh career but I didn't know which area I wanted to to focus on. That's that is amazing. Wild. I love that. I'm like, I want to pack up everything and move to Bali too. <laughs> and it's to be honest, I, yeah, I, I was assumed just that you moved for the business, but you just moved for that, like that lifestyle. Just moved, and I was wow. a bit older as well. I wasn't young. I think my early thirties. So I think. Looking back now, if I had to do that again, I, w- I don't think I would do it. 
and, but, and um, I guess before we go into the the business, it's like what did, like what what was it that made you like that's huge. That's like yeah, it was like I rented out my apartment, sold my car, had two suitcases of my life, and that was it. Did not know a soul here. Like I had to just. You know, it was hit and miss with so many things. Like, where am I going to live? You know, who do I know? Like, you know, it was scary for a while. I have to admit. It was so scary. Yeah. So, Were there any moments during that process? (laughs) Like when you landed in Bali, were you like, oh, shit. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Literally, I remember waking up some days and just like, looking at the wall in front of me and going, where am I and what am I doing here? Like, what am I actually doing here? You know, so, but... I don't know, it's a bit of, you know, determination, drive, um, you know, the the thought within yourself that you can do it and you will do it and kind of watch me do it, you know, yeah. and then it's all of that kind of mixed together that, that either makes or breaks you, I guess, you know, and it's that a lot of your self-talk, I think, as well. That's a major thing for me. You know, I never thought I wasn't going to make it, you know, uh, in what I wanted to do. Just had you know, there was ob- absolutely, absolutely. There's obviously ups and downs and, you, you know, there's peaks and troughs with anything and that's life. But I didn't think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start this, but what's plan B? I, there was no plan B. Wow, that is conviction at its best. I just, I just keep on thinking, like, how many years at uni, and then seven years at podiatry. Like, it would have been so lost, like, just waking up and not having a job to go to. It was just, but I feel like I was even more lost in Melbourne. I feel like you know, in a job that I wasn't a hundred percent fulfilled with, and living a life that I thought, well, in my 30s, this is going to be my career and my life path. And then your natural progression might be, you know, to start a family or get married or whatever. And then nine to five and then, you know, so on and so on. And I was like thinking to myself, and honestly, that was so like, it made me so unhappy just staying there. So it was either change how I felt and, you know, take a new challenge or a new adventure or or stay put and and that would have been my reality and for so many people I think you know you get stuck in that I've got to meet society standards of like absolutely I be happy with my nine-to-five job I've worked my yep. whole life to get to the yep. where I am yep. why would I risk everything but I think you know it's not encouraged enough to look internally and be like is this life fulfilling for me yeah like, absolutely just, yeah it's amazing I just think that nothing in life is permanent. Like there are choices and decisions that you make that may be the best that you're making at that time with the information that you have, but things change and you can change as well. So it doesn't have to be, this is the career I've chosen and this is where I'm going to go and this is what I have to do. You know, we have so many years to live. There's so many opportunities at our doorsteps. It's just about opening your eyes and having the will and having the determination and seeing what's right in front of you and making that change for yourself. No one's going to make it for you. Oh, I love that. And so, you know, seeing the opportunity, was there an opportunity in Bali that sort of presented itself? Like how and why fashion? Well, like I said, I met so many creative people here it's like a creative hub and you know there was 
it's just creativity oozes from the place. I mean, you know, there's artisans here and there's so many things at your fingertips that you can access and quite easily, I'm using that in quotation marks, (laughs) (laughs) easily, Um, but you know, it's all here for you to use. And one of the appeals with um, say manufacturing in Bali is that you can manufacture small quantities. So when I met all these people and I was like, okay, well, this person's doing this and this person's an artist and this person's whatever, I was like, I can do this. I can definitely do this. And it didn't feel like a massive risk because you can just, you know, kind of do one collection and see if it's well received. And if it is, then you have kind of small quantities and start that process slowly. You know, it wasn't like I went gangbusters and, you know, did this massive thing and it just blew up. It, it wasn't like that. My, my journey has been quite organic and quite steady. Yeah, and so from that, you know, initial collection that you, what was the moment where you were like, wow, SWF has like taken off? Was it someone wearing your clothes mm. or like how did you break through the noise of like a pretty saturated industry? I was pretty lucky early on, I think because it is such a distinct um, style and um, aesthetic. You know, it is bold colours with bold prints and it does stand out. Um, I think, you know, I was I was quite um, lucky early on. But to be honest, I do not count the first three years of business. Like the first I was going to ask years. how long. <laughs> right. Okay, so they're not they're not included, and it, even more so for me. Like I knew nothing, you know. It's totally the growth years, hey. Like personally, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You make so many mistakes, and there's no one's like I. One thing I do miss, or not miss, but wish I had is a mentor and I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a business mentor. So I was pretty much doing the fashion stuff and the business stuff Ah. and just winging it for the first, you know, three years. And I think if you make it through that kind of that three-year period, you get to know who your consumer is. You get to know what your brand heritage is about. You get to know um, who you are as a business person and where you sit and what your strengths are in, in the company and in your business and what you can kind of outsource or get other people to help you with. Um, so yes, first three years, right off. <laughs> was, there, that, was there ever a time where you were like, Oh no, I can't do this. Absolutely. Um, I had an, not many people know this, but this is a first for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had um, some internal theft within oh. my company um, uh, back in 2017. So that was a massive thing going on within my company and staff members. And I just couldn't work out why. <laughs> I was on all these platforms, but not making any money. I was just like, what's going on? You know, and I would say to my partner, I was like, I can't work it out. And we would just, you know, sit there and be like, what's going on? Finally, finally the penny dropped. And I I worked it out that, yeah, there was internal theft happening. Yeah, and there was definitely that that was a make or break moment, you know, when your business is not making money and you are, you know, 
trying to work out what's going on and you're churning out this product and you're on all the big platforms, but you're just like, (laughs) what's happening, you know? So that was, that was definitely a moment where it was make or break for the business. Um, And that's probably one of the biggest ones. Mm. Yeah. How many years have you been operating? So like, and how many years into the business was that kind of big moment? That was three years in. Wow. (laughs) So it was that make or break moment. And um, I've been running now for six years. So cool. We had something similar happen where our whole shop was robbed (laughs) and like we had all of our stock on like on our shelves was the stock that we had and Hannah turned up to work one day and then the whole shop was just emptied out. I thought that yeah. I thought someone must have been filming me and I literally thought I was being punked and then I saw the um, cash register across the floor and I was oh. like wow like my just my whole gut dropped. Um, it's terrible it's like it's yeah. like it's your first baby you know yeah. your business yeah. is your first baby and I, I know Hannah you've had a child now yeah. but it, it really <laughs> feels like yeah, Vienna's number two. Yeah, no, yeah. but no, it, it absolutely is, and it's like, and it's also, you know, like a lot of people don't see the the hard work and I was going to say the shit gone and goes on yeah, that goes into rearing a child. You know, like yeah, so many. Yeah. You know, there's these nights where you're just like, no one, no one speaks about this stuff. Like, no one told yeah. me how hard it would be, and you yeah. like, hear these overnight successes. Yeah, well, you know, that's definitely something I don't believe in an overnight success. I think yeah. that it's not possible. Uh-huh. It's just not possible. I think that's a definitely something that's um yeah, glorified yeah. in business. Yeah. Another fun fact, actually, probably no one who follows us would know this either, that um we tried to start a, f- a fashion label. <laughs> We even got Francesca. No, we Francesca tried, labels own. <laughs> this was years and years ago. I was like, oh, right, she's like, no. And and it's just and this is way before like we were ever anything. But I literally similar flew over to Bali and went to this yeah. random, yeah, right. random fashion um, designer house. house, and it was just hilarious. And like, what reminds me is like. I just laugh all the time and I'm like, who was I kidding? Like I, I knew nothing about it. But I yeah. guess for you, like did you ever got, have that feeling that you were like, oh, I can't do it because I know nothing about it? Because I know a lot of our friends and a lot of our followers want to start something, that, but the thing that holds them back is that that fear. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, that word fear, I don't know. It's, you know, we all have it. It's just pushing it aside. I mean, absolutely. Sometimes I would feel like a fraud because I was, I didn't study, you know, fashion and I didn't do all the technical, um, um, you know, education and I didn't have a degree or a diploma in that. And I feel like, it, you know, sometimes like I'm a fraud in doing it. So, but, you know, after a few years, I was like, well, actually, you know, how much of that is actually used. And a lot of it, I feel, is learnt on the job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if people or if there's anyone out there who wants to learn anything, like my advice is always just like, and it's which is what I did when I moved from podiatry, I tried to do styling and visual merchandising, is just did volunteer work. 
Like, and I was older, like I was in my 30s. So I was like, you know, I was a 30-year-old something doing volunteer work. It's not that, like, appealing, no. you know. But <laughs> I swear. if you want something, you know, you'll do anything it takes to to try and find a different avenue from your current reality. Yeah, there's such a fear of 30, I think. It's like the age where everyone's like, no, I need to know exactly what I'm doing in my life, whereas, like, most of us, once we get there, it's just like, nope, still the same. Like, you always think you're going to be an adult, like, when you're mid-20s, and then it's like, no, nope, yeah. let's just continue. Oh, I always, I always joke. I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> volunteering, I mean, that's something that you don't hear of very often. Like, how did that, how did that yeah. come up you? So um, what it was was like I would volunteer for fashion shows, so like helping a stylist, a sister stylist, dressing models. I would even like, you know, I would even do um, anything, really anything to get my teeth, sink my teeth into the industry and see what it was that I liked. And if you don't find what you like, you'll find out what you don't like. Mm. And so that narrows things down, you know. So then you can push that one aside and then keep going. And I always find asking questions, like people are scared to ask questions. You know, it might seem like a silly question to you. And if someone makes you feel silly, well, then they're silly. But, you know, (laughs) asking a question is the only way you learn. And the thing that someone can say, like, if you want something, the worst thing someone can say is no. And that's fine. Do you know what I mean? At least you know. Yeah, like having the questions as well. So, you know, like I think that there's, you know, you have to think about what you want to go after and ask the right questions. Yeah. Just get as much information as you can because people in the industry have more knowledge than you. And that's that, that's always your stepping stone to getting getting places. I mean, that's what I was saying before. Like I wish I had a mentor that would be like, no, maybe don't try this, maybe do it this way, or we, you know, we've done it. And I didn't. So I made a lot of mistakes, which I'm fine with. You know, I don't believe in that whole saying, like, no regrets. Yeah. You know, yeah, I regret things. That's the only <laughs> way I grow, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's, it's a learning lesson. Yeah, I should probably shouldn't have done that. It was a silly mistake. But that's the only way you grow and move forward and, and learn. You know, the no regret thing to me is a little bit like a, I don't know, buzzword or whatever. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like overnight success kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. These phrases exactly. that shouldn't exist. But you mentioned being a fraud and I think, like, honestly, like pretty much everyone who starts a business is a fraud in the beginning. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> if people saw how we design our jewellery, like by no means is it to industry standards. Like... Uh, neither of us went to jewellery design school to figure out how to make CADs and, like, I can't sketch to save myself, but you get by. But it's more, yeah. it's more, it's more um, what is the right way, you know? Why do you have to go to uni? And it's funny because we haven't got that background with jewellery making, we often, we often come up with these ideas that, like, most classically trained, that's the classically trained sort of yeah. thing, would be like, oh, no, we don't do it that way. But it's one of those <laughs> things, like, it, it's almost like... It um, quashes your creativity sometimes. So, and that's what we mean. Like, you know, sometimes it will be us just walking down the street and being like, oh, we've got an amazing design. 
and yeah, it's just, yeah. And I mean, mean, I wouldn't call that fraud, but it's more like imposter syndrome in terms of like not, um, not feeling like we can walk the walk. And for us, we need to talk to a lot of like big guns in terms of, you know, like diamond dealers or silver dealers and stuff like that. And we're sort of too young (laughs) girls, but it it is one of those things that you just got to go at it, you know, head on. And I love, I love that you've done that. And you have a warehouse. Yeah, it's the old saying, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, there's no manual for this. Like, you know, there's no manual to say this is how you have to do it or well, there's no have to, you know. It's just you just take, day, take it day by day and every obstacle that comes your way, you deal with it and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, I love it. So our podcast is called It's Who I Am. So Mm. Hannah and I have related to, you know, Francesca being such a huge part of who we are for so long. Outside of business, who are you? Or is it very much like your day-to-day is driven by fashion? It's definitely SWF is my life. Like it it is a part of me. I breathe it, you know. It's, you know, and I think that, you know, you're, I don't know, I guess your business and your personal life, there is, I don't feel a happy balance. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not nine to five. It's every waking hour of the day. And then, you know, you, you might, people have Sundays off, but sometimes things happen. You might need to work for Sunday. You might need to work after hours until 11. Like I was up until midnight last night I had a photo shoot this morning for the brand and it's like you know I was up at you know whatever ghastly hour of the morning and then you know back at back at it so I don't know I I feel like I live and breathe it Mm. so there's a I love me without it 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 is it's not I agree I think a balance is kind of it's who who is great at balancing anything. It's more mm. like a flow. So in terms of being in Bali and living that lifestyle, like business for us has been so nuts um, and you're obviously in Bali. Is there a flow in terms of being able to have that lifestyle and run a business? Um, I think that I haven't mastered it. No. That's like, that's, yeah, I haven't mastered it, to be honest. And I think that one of um, the positives out of this slower time for me has been staying put. And, you know, I was doing international travels, you know, uh, to the States probably five times last year. And then I was to Australia at least once a month. And it was just crazy. You know, I was at the point that I think that, if I didn't slow down and wasn't forced to slow down, it may have been detrimental to my health. And, Mm. you know, you can tell when people look at you, they're like, oh, you're looking so well. It's like, yeah, I'm rested and I'm eating well and I'm, you know, exercising and I'm still working. Whereas before it was like, I'm on a plane. I don't know what time zone I'm in. I don't know what, I'm just grabbing something quick to eat, you know. So I definitely haven't mastered the balance yet, but it's something that I definitely work on sleep is a non-negotiable for me Mm. that's my non-negotiable but no I'm definitely not enjoying the pool and sipping margaritas every day it's such a fallacy (laughs) you know like often we can see someone's life and be like oh they must just you know sit by the the pool and drink cocktails but as (laughs) well when it is your baby you're just so passionate about it so you definitely made the right decision moving to Bali would you say Definitely. I, I can't imagine my life 
any different, to wow, be honest. That's the best. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's not, might not relocate somewhere else, but maybe, you know, a, a Western country next time if I do it. Mm. You know, it has, it does have challenges in itself, cultural differences. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Definitely. Especially when you're running a business, different if you're on a holiday here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I know I'm itching to get over there. <laughs> oh, aren't we all itching to travel? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I guess for us, um, we always end our podcast with a little question about, you know, if you could talk to yourself at 16, what would you say to them? I would probably say feel, process, don't rush, take your time, ask questions and be the best self version of yourself that you can be. Uh, That's so nice. You've done pretty well. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I know so many people are going to absolutely love hearing that story. It's epic. I enjoyed it. And, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast, It's Who I Am. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review below. You can also connect with us on Instagram at francesca.com.au and Facebook.